bragging rights shouldn't be limited to just one season. All the help you need to dominate your league again and again. This is the Dynasty Heat Seekers. What is going on, Heat Seekers? It's your host, Rick, back here after a week off. Brad filled in admirably for me. Bryce, how was your week? It was good, but thanks for asking. I picked up a second job, so it was adjusting to that, that extra schedule, but I'll never miss these uh, Tuesday night streams. So it was a tiring week, but I got through it. Leonie, how are you doing? Doing very good. Glad to be back. Hope we have a good show. It's good to see both you guys this fine evening. I like how he says, hope we have a good show, like he has no confidence in our ability to put on a good show and give you guys good information. Thanks, Anthony. Now we have a lot to live up to, Bryce. We better not mess this up. Anthony will be upset with us. We might get fired. Who knows? Who knows? Okay, so today, it's real simple. We're talking dynasty trade targets. Each of us have, we've put a list together. And we each have one for each position, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. And we're going to go through those. And we'll just uh, jump right into this. Let me move my list around here. Anthony, we're going to start with quarterback. Who you got here for us? All right. So my guy for quarterback that I think people should be trying to target, whether it's a one quarterback league or a super flex league, is Derek Carr of the Las Vegas. In 2020... And 2021, Derek Carr finished the season as quarterback 13. Each season, quarterback 13. Talk about consistent. Over the past four seasons, he's thrown over 4,000 yards. Just this past season, he has thrown for, he threw for 4,800 yards, 23 touchdowns, and 14 interceptions. I think that he is currently undervalued in general. I don't think most people view him as a top 12 quarterback. Yeah, he's not. He's quarterback 13, but he's right there in the top echelon of quarterbacks in fantasy football. Now with Devontae Adams signing in Vegas, I expect him to be able to inflate his touchdown numbers higher than they were. I don't know if he'll break 5,000 yards. He was just a couple hundred yards shy of that last season, certainly within the realm of possibility for Carr. I, I just, I don't think there is a quarterback you can trade for right now where you can get easily top 10 quarterback upside at such a fair price. So that's why Carr is my guy. So I agree and disagree with some of Lanny's stuff. I do think Derek Carr is a good asset. Like I think he's going to have great value this upcoming fantasy season. And I think that people did undervalue him. But I think at this point, he's going to be overvalued. Like the people that have him, and this is, I'm talking mostly super flex because in, in one QB leagues, quarterbacks aren't as, as valuable, obviously. I think that the people that have him are going to be stoked that he just got Devontae Adams, and they're going to hope they're going to see Aaron Rodgers-like numbers from him. And I, I think that the price point at this, for me, for Derek Carr might be a little bit too high. Yeah, if you can find an owner that has him and you can get him for the right price, sure, I think he is a good target. I just think you're going to struggle to find that for all the people that have held on to him and have had him for this time. I think his value shot up a little bit too high with the offseason addition of Devontae Adams, personally. What do you think, Rick? Yeah, I don't necessarily disagree with either of you. When you look at his ADP at quarterback, he is QB 18, but that's his draft ADP. I think it's going to be hard to get people to 
trade him for QB 18 value, if that makes sense. Because like you said, they've a lot of people have held on to him. He's been hard to trade in the past because people weren't willing to give up enough for him. And I think it just shifts up to where the people that have still want more than what people are going to be willing to give up for him. But he is definitely a guy that is going into the season will be viewed as a QB two that has potential to be a QB one this next year. So it's, it's more just dependent on the price. So it's going to be dependent on the league and the, the, the person that has that player, but, but yeah, he's not bad. And, and looking at ADP value, he definitely is lower than he probably should be in dynasty. It's a, it's a lukewarm agree, disagree, nothing, nothing too crazy either way. I don't think you're out of line at all, Anthony. I know. Bryce, you were up, and I loved your pick. This is probably who I would have mm-hmm. went with if uh, I didn't allow you guys always to pick before I do. <laughs> it's funny because I think all the counter arguments I just gave for Leone, he could easily give for this guy as well. But I put Tua Tagovailoa on there, and I would have put him even if Tyreek Hill didn't get traded to the Dolphins. Honestly, Tua last year actually went eight and four as the starter on the year. Like he had a very successful record, and I really do believe that if he played every single game. They would have they would have made it to the playoffs. Now that you add that extra weapon in Tyreek Hill, his value just goes through the roof. A lot of people undervalue too, and again, his value did shoot shoot up after the Tyreek Hill thing. But I still think that he's he's undervalued with after that trade. If you watch him, he's a really poised guy in the pocket. He doesn't get rattled and things like that. And I think he's a, is a leader. I think this year he takes that extra step and he puts himself in that conversation as a, a reliable QB. I don't know if I see him as QB1 value, but a very high-end QB2 with low QB1 value is definitely something I could see with two of this upcoming season. Leonie, what are your thoughts on two? Again, I'm going to have to give the same answer you gave for my guy which was if the price is right, I, I think it's a, a good investment. If I had to pick between owning car, for example, and two in a dynasty league, I would rather own car. I think their ADP is probably similar. I would imagine Tua. They're, they're, they're right yeah. back, back to back, Derek Carr at QB 18 and two at QB 19. Yeah, for me, I would rather own car of the two, just as an example. But I, I don't hate the hate the selection. I think if it's the right price for the same reasons I mentioned car, I think it's a good move. Rick? Listen, I am all on board the Tua bandwagon this offseason. My last article was talking about how Tyreek Hill is not doomed because he's going from Patrick Mahomes to Tua. Tua was very accurate last year. And what I think a lot of people are forgetting is that the NFL, while it's more pass-heavy, it's actually a lot more shorter passes than it has been in the past. Quarterbacks aren't just heaving it down the field. Tyreek Hill had his lowest A dot of his career last year with Patrick Mahomes, but it was a volume thing. And I think that Tua is going to eat with Waddle and, and Hill because they both, basically how you use those guys is you don't just shoot them down the field and, and throw it long. You get them in the open space and get the ball to them quick and let them do the rest of the work. And and, and I think they're going to thrive in that. The, the, the field is going to be so spaced out. There's going to be so much room. And if they're going to double Hill, then Waddle's just going to eat. And if they try to work that defense around differently to try to do both, they're both going to eat. So there's just a lot of talent now on this team. And like I was talking about the shorter stuff, the reason why Patrick Mahomes threw for so many yards wasn't because he was heaving it down the field with Tyreek Hill. 
They had four guys in the top 21 of yards after catch. Tyreek Hill was obviously one of them at 17, but Daryl Williams, Travis Kelsey, and Miko Hardman were all in the top 21 in the NFL in yards after the catch, total yards after the catch. That's what Miami is going to try to do in this offense is create plays like that. And Tua can do that. He can hit his guys within 10 to 15 yards easy. And I don't think he's necessarily as bad of a, a deep passer as people think, because he's been throwing deep to Devonte, And we know Devonte Parker's no good. We've known that for a long time. So he's got some more talent. I like it. I'm going with Tua this year. I'm all on board. Any last counterpoints there with anything that I said? No. Sound, nope, sounded, see, I nailed it. Filled in all the gaps. Pretty. When I picked my guy, this one kind of stings a little bit because obviously in 2017, the Bears traded up from three to two with your 49ers and took a man named Mitchell Trubisky. Didn't look good under John Fox in year one. Year two with Nagy was uh, a special year. Mitchell Trubisky was leading the, the the league at quarterback position with rushing yards before he got hurt in week eight, ended up being an alternate for the Pro Bowl team, put up pretty solid numbers and averaged almost 19 points a game in fantasy. And then after that injury, Nagy just quit using him as a runner, quit using that mobility, quit using uh, Trubisky's strengths. We know Trubisky can miss his receivers. That's probably not changed, but he did get to work with Dable in Buffalo and Dable was interested in bringing him to the Giants, So he must've seen something in Trubisky, but Trubisky, no matter what gets to play in the best offense he's ever played in with Mike Tomlin, the offensive coordinator who's blanking me right now has been looking for a mobile quarterback for that system. And Ben was the complete opposite of that, especially the last few years opposite of mobile. And then they've got weapons, right? They've got Claypool. They've got Deontay Johnson. They've got Najee Harris out of the backfield. They've got Pat Fryermuth at tight end. Trubisky's working with the best grouping of uh, talent that he's had. He had Allen Robinson, but after Allen Robinson, it was that was basically it in the passing game and they didn't use the running backs very much. I think Trubisky is just a good value. There is a chance. And right now you can wait a week and see what happens in the draft. Make sure if Pittsburgh takes Malik Willis or something, then you're obviously not going to want to probably be in the acquiring Trubisky business, but he'll be cheaper at that point too. He's already cheap, but it'll even be cheaper if they do something like that. So may not be worth, may not hurt to take a stab at him. I don't think he's going to be great, but for the price that he's at and then actually getting to work with the best offensive minds he's worked with as a starter, if they don't draft somebody, I think Trubisky could be a, a good QB two in, in your super flex leagues with back end quarterback one upside because of the rushing ability. If they use him in that way, which seems like they're going to want to, if he does end up being the starter, Bryce, what are your thoughts? Yeah. You mentioned the counterpoint I was going to put on there. And that was that it, I wouldn't trade for him until the draft, because I am afraid that Pittsburgh potentially could get a, a QB and Trubisky might not play the whole year, but right now I feel like, Trubisky's like one of those guys that landed in a great spot, great coaches and everything that nobody's really talking about. So I think you can get him real cheap and he could have a lot of value if they decide that they're going to roll with him. If they, I believe Pittsburgh picks at 20 and if they do take a quarterback at that spot, I'd be probably hesitant to take a stab on him. Again, it would depend on price, but I think too, I, or I'm sorry, I think Trubisky is probably a top three guy I'm trading for when it comes to quarterback and the price they are for this offseason. So I agree with you. Leone? Make the offer now in your leagues for Trubisky. 
you don't necessarily have to pay the price right now, but feel them out. Say, hey, I'll give you a late third, fourth round pick for Trubisky Superflex. They may say, well, maybe I'll think about it. Or they may say, yeah, okay. I'll, you might say, well, I'll hold off till after the draft, but at least get the conversation moving now. Because they may say, yeah, for a fourth, send it now. And I would do that trade now. It depends on the price. If, but I agree with what, what Bryce was saying. I, I kind of would rather wait until after the NFL draft. The only issue with that is if the Steelers don't trade for a quarterback or don't draft a quarterback in the draft, all of a sudden that fourth round pick is going to shoot up to at least an early third, maybe second round pick. So I would put out the feeler now, see if you can get him real cheap for fourth round pick. I think it's a great call. I think he could have a good season, but I'm afraid if you wait till after the NFL draft, his value would either be nothing or way higher than what you could get him for right now. I'd yeah, pay an early third easily if after the draft for a yeah, starting but, quarterback. But I don't think I don't think after the NFL draft he'll be valued at a third or less. He'll be at a second round value. If you need quarterback, I'd still second. If it, especially if it's a mid to late second, I'd be a smash. Except for me personally. Okay, for sure. Yeah, I think no matter what, that the cost of acquisition isn't going to be. It's, it's not going to kill you in the long term if he doesn't end up being the long-term quarterback. And that's what I'm looking for when I'm looking for a trade target is somebody that I can get cheap that has that high QB2 upside with maybe back-end QB1 upside if he's used in the running game. And we know that he can run. He's still young. And like I said, for half a season was leading the entire NFL in, in quarterbacks at rushing. Obviously, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray – Guys like that weren't in the league yet, but but he was still a running quarterback at one point in his career, and we know that Matt Nagy sucks. I do agree with Sully, too, is that we don't even know if any of these quarterbacks in this draft are even better than Trubisky. They may not be able to beat him out for the job for at least this year, and if you pay a second for a quarterback in Superflex, a third for a quarterback in Superflex, and even get one year out of them, and it helps you win a championship, then it's well worth it in regard there. Okay. Bryce, you're up first at tight end. We're getting the boring positions out of the way first, by by the way, everybody. We're saving yeah. wide receiver and running back to last. But you're up first at tight end. And yeah, I'm gonna have this to is a home this, this is a homer pick for sure. But I think for value, like I think this is one of the higher upsides for value because Johnny Smith disappointed so bad last year. Like he was probably one of the most disappointing like players that moved to a new team and literally did nothing. And Obviously, I pay close attention to New England, and they say they're going to get him more involved. There's not much talent in that receiving core. Like, he he arguably is the best raw talent when it comes to catching the ball and after the catch, even out of the wide receivers. So they have to get him more involved if that offense wants to be more successful than they were last year. So, again, I think this is a guy you could potentially get for a third-round, fourth-round pick. Probably not a fourth, but a third-round pick, even if it's, like, early to mid. And I think that the upside is there with him. Just a guy I thought for the value is one of the more, more lucrative guys you could pick up this offseason. What do you think, Rick? This is reminds me of the Christian Michael scenario where every year we get hype about the same guy and then nothing ever happens. And we're disappointed year after year. And at some point I just got to cut bait and realize that this person is not going to be any good, at least for us in fantasy. And Jonu Smith fits that, right? He is hyped every preseason for, what, the past four years? We've been on this Jonu Smith breakout year. 
deal. It reminds me of Chris Herndon every year after year. And I just can't, I personally can't do it anymore. I'm done with John U. Smith. He has disappointed me enough. He has disappointed me in literally leagues that ran the last four years and don't run anymore. He is, he was disappointing in every single year of those leagues that they existed. I just can't do it. Obviously you see the raw talent. You see the big play. We see 80 yard touchdown reception out of a tight end. And we're like, yeah, John who's about to break out and then nothing for yeah. weeks on weeks. That's why I can't do it. The talent seems to be there, but for some reason never comes to fruition. So there's no, I don't think he's talented argument or anything like that. It's just simply how many times can you be disappointed before you just let it go? Anthony. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with Rick here. I don't hate taking flyers on guys if I have extra bench spots. I think that's really what every dynasty owner should be doing is always using every bench spot they can. Although in, in this instance with Johnny Smith, I think there are other comparable tight ends that are priced relatively the same, but I think have more upside and have more unknown potential. And I think a, a better chance of at having uh, a good season. For example, uh, just some guys that just come to mind, Adam Trotman, Tyler Higby. The list goes on with a lot of these guys are really similar. I just think I agree more so with Rick that I, I think John News, I think that train left the station. I, I don't see it happening. So here's my question. When we're looking at ADP here for tight ends, John who does come in as tight end 42. So he is cheap. He's basically free. Yeah. That's not tough. We got guys like Mo Alley Cox, a couple spots ahead of him, who is very interesting to me, very athletic, obviously ex basketball player that continues to get more and more involved every year. Austin Hooper, who's in Tennessee now is tight end 35. CJ Uzoma, who went to the Jets, is tight end 38. Are you taking Janu Smith over all of these guys, or, or are there some of those guys that you'd rather take shots on there? I think I would. It depends on what I have already. I think Janu has a higher upside than all those guys. I think those guys could be like safer picks. Um, like, I'm not really, it wouldn't surprise me. It would, but it, I think Johnny Smith has a better chance to be like a top 10 wide receiver than those guys. And that's just based on talent and the resources on that team already. Uh, so yeah, I will, because ideally you would have a better tight end on your team already. I would prefer just a safe tight end as my starter. And then I take chances on guys that have that talent that could potentially be like a top 10 guy. Yeah, he's disappointed time and time again. But at this point, like I said, he's basically cheap. That's why I put him on there. And he and we see that he has the potential to be like a top 10 guy. It's just it just hasn't happened. And I'm not expecting it to, but for free, I'll take the chance. Is is pretty much my thinking there. Leonie. Gotcha. No, I, I was just gonna add with Hunter Henry and the quarterback situation in New England with a not a very pass happy offense. I I, I just think that there are just other tight ends that are ranked around the same place that offer more fantasy upside. But I understand what you're saying. And like yeah. I said before, always use your roster spots wisely. And if you can get a guy like that with some upside early in the season, see what happens. Maybe Hunter Henry gets hurt in the preseason. All of a sudden, Johnny Smith's stock is going to rise incredibly high. Fair. Relatively oh. speaking, but yeah. No, I think it's a good. I'm I think glad you added the relatively speaking because I'm like, well, I don't think it's going to rise like super high. <laughs> relatively speaking, I'm going to change my guy on the fly because I'm looking at okay. this ADP and I'm like, Logan Thomas, tight end 24. When I look at this list, 
I don't see guys at 24 and below that actually have a chance to be a top six tight end. And this is what we seen out of Logan Thomas two years ago. We know that Carson Wentz likes his tight ends. And I think that last year we were drafting Logan Thomas as a top 12 guy. Obviously injuries, a completely disjointed offense. And at tight end 24 price, I'm all over Logan Thomas. And I'm going to be sending out offers right after the show is over because... I think that is criminally undervalued. And just to throw out there, my first one was Noah Fant because of him falling after the trade and him being involved and going the opposite direction of Russell Wilson. But uh, and, and the fact that Noah Fant's 12 and Albert O is 13 just boggles my mind. Noah Fant is a lot better than Albert O, I think. And even with the quarterback change and everything else. But but anyways, Logan Thomas, tight end 24, just seems criminally undervalued to me. Anthony, what do you think? Uh, 100% agree with you. I think that's a solid pick. He is he is 30, but tight ends typically can play a little bit later in their career. He doesn't have to, you know, be a field stretcher. He he can catch the ball underneath, be a like you said a, a target in the end zone for his quarterback. So yeah, no, I I think Logan Thomas is a great pick. I think I think that's a good uh, audible on your part. I think that's a good call, Bryce. Yeah, I like it. And they got Carson Wentz there now, and he does like to utilize the tight ends. Yeah, you probably can get him pretty cheap, but just because of his age, people might be looking to, especially if somebody is even like a middle of the pack team, they're like, let me cash in on some of my older guys. If you're somewhat of a contender and you need some help at tight end, I think Logan Thomas definitely has top, top 10 upside. He already has done it. Yeah, I agree completely. That's a good one. Yeah, just think about this. He is right there with... Brevin Jordan is right behind him at tight end 25. That's a Texans tight end, isn't it? Yeah. Then you have to ask. (laughs) Right ahead of him is Robert Tanyan, Evan Ingram, and Rob Gronkowski, and Gerald Everett. I would much rather rather have Thomas over all of them. Logan Thomas over all of them. And to speak to the age thing, if we're getting a guy really cheap and he's 30, we don't need the three to four years out of him that we need somebody that we're giving up first sure. round draft rookie draft capital of. And that's something to always remember while somebody might be older, take that price. What, what are you going to do? That's a third round. What a third round rookie pick, probably potentially a fourth round at an average ADP of 201 and tight end 24, unless you're in a tight end premium league, obviously it's not going to cost very much to go out and trade for Logan Thomas. So Thomas is a great guy to, to try to target in your dynasty rookie drafts when, you know, you're on the clock in the, you know, late second, early third, you don't really like anyone on the board. That's when you say, Hey, you want this? That's the perfect opportunity to do something like that. And, and you're probably going to be able to get to him as pretty much a throw in on those right. trades, not even trying to acquire him for that third or fourth round, but getting him in a throw in, in a bigger package where you get a stud and then you get Logan, you say, hey, Logan, throw Logan Thomas in there and, and we're good. Who's your guy, Anthony? My guy, Minnesota Vikings, Irv Smith Jr. Irv Smith is another name that we've heard for the past you know, few years. He's had an incredibly slow start to his career. But as we know, sometimes tight ends take a little bit of time anyway. Now, he did lose last season to a meniscus tear. Although head coach Kevin O'Connell, it's on record. Even actually, this came out after we put this list together. But he's on track for the season. So I think this is the perfect opportunity right now. That news did not get a lot of of airwaves. I only saw one blurb about it because my notifications are a little excessive. But 
This is the right time to buy Irv Smith. He's on track to return this season. He had five touchdowns the last time he was on the field. He didn't miss this last season. I think it's the perfect opportunity to add him. Bryce? Yeah, this is the one of your picks that I didn't mind at all. I like Irv Smith. I like Irv Smith Jr. I didn't have any disagreements because I think, again, the price is like so cheap for a guy with really high upside. He was hurt all last year. People that own him probably drafted him and just they might be like at the point where I'm tired of this. He hasn't done anything yet. And like you said, tight ends sometimes take a couple of years to really adjust to the NFL speed, the size. They got to be able to block, do routes, all that good stuff. I like Irv Smith Jr. for the price. I think he has really high upside and is cheap. Rick, what do you think? My only counterpoint would be that people have held him. And it's going to, he is tight end 15. So it's not like he's for value that he may be a little harder to acquire than we would think. I do think there's a lot of opportunity in that offense. And and I think that Irv Smith could be a, a very good player. So it's not anything again about the player, but if people have him right now, they just went through the year that he was supposed to break out, probably held him or acquired him in a trade during last season and then held him. I think he's going to be a little bit harder to acquire than you would anticipate for a guy in that range. So that would be my only counterpoint to that, but I don't think he's a bad guy to try to acquire if you can get him at that suppressed price. Where's Tyler Conklin on that list? He was surprisingly pretty good last year. Tyler got the opportunity. Conklin. Tyler Conklin is not even on this list. Unless hmm. I'm looking at it wrong. I only see one Tyler. Let me do a little search here. I remember they had a tight end that was doing pretty well last year. It was um, Conklin. I mean, he had, he had 61 yeah, catches, 593 yards. That's pretty solid. Is I don't know if he was... I mean, he's, yeah, 2018 was his rookie year. So he's been in Blake a little bit. But Oh, he went to the Jets. Some guy just down there said he went to the Jets. No wonder he disappeared off the list. Never mind. <laughs> yep. Patrick in here saving the day. Conklin went to the Jets, but he was Thank not. You. He's not even in there. In, uh, yeah, GL that's why. ADP. He went to the Jets and is <laughs> yeah. immediately removed ADPs. There's a guy named Jalen Weidermer, and I don't even – is that a rookie? That's probably a lot. Texas A&M rookie. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Okay. He might I'm go undrafted. He might get drafted late. I got to study my rookies while I'm in Vegas when the draft's he, going on next week. He's around five through seven, more than likely. That guy is. Oh, he's right behind Adam Troutman in ADP. Okay, so that gives us our final tight end. I think that that was a good one, Anthony, but it is just going to depend on what people are asking after holding them for the year. Sure. Okay, next up, we have wide receivers. I'm up first, and this is a guy that for a few years I was like, I don't want no, no part of him. He was going from team to team. He was kind of like one of the Instagram girls going from team to team, getting her ride in, in every city, and I thought there had to be something wrong with him, right? Like, how is he so productive, but nobody wants to keep him? So he went from the Saints after three years, had 2,000-yard seasons there, then he goes, gets traded to the Patriots. One year there, goes over 1,000 yards, and they kick him out. Goes to the Rams, spends two seasons there, and goes over a 1,000, I think, both of those, and then gets booted out of there and goes to Houston. Actually, I think he was at Rams three years. No, two years. One of them, 1,200 yards. The other one, 583. Then Texans for 2,000-yard seasons. This guy's been in the league the same amount of time as Devontae Adams. 
Devontae Adams has three 1,000-yard seasons. This guy has six. Six out of eight years, he's won over 1,000. He's went over six touchdowns, five out of the eight years. He's consistent. And this is Brandon Cooks. Obviously, you've probably already figured that out. I think, I just think this guy's criminally undervalued. And even though I thought something had to be wrong with him bouncing around literally three teams in three years, yeah. all thousand yard seasons, didn't make any sense. But he just consistently puts up a thousand yards. Doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's just, that's what he does. And nobody values him that way. And I think you can get him because he's a Houston Texan with Davis Mills throwing to him for a, a very good price. And then get yourself good wide receiver to wide receiver one back end wide receiver one numbers on a week to week. Bryce, what are your thoughts? He played for your team at one point. Yeah, they, I actually was really upset when they got rid of him. Brandon Cooks is, I, I don't understand the hate that he gets. Every week on Sunday mornings, he's in a start or sit question multiple times. It's You got to start him. Like At this point, he's Mr. Consistent. He's always good for 10 points, it seems. Of course, he has weeks less than that. But I, this guy is extremely undervalued. He's, like you just pointed out, like the statistics, the, the stats don't lie. I like it. I think his price is cheap. It's always been cheap for some reason, except probably early in his career when he played for the Saints and the Patriots because he obviously had really great quarterback play. But he's proven that he can do it with subpar quarterback play, and he's probably going to continue to do it. Again, he, Devontae Adams is the same age as him, and he's still producing at a high level, and we can continue to see that probably for a couple of years. Davis Mills is a young guy. He's going to go to his – uh, veteran receivers that have proven to be pretty good. So I expect Brandon Cooks to be the only good thing that comes out of that offense this year. So I want every part of it. Leone? Yeah, I, I think it's a great pick. I think he's a baller. I'd like to ask Rick if he can check some guys above him in ADP, just because I'm curious. I, I would imagine I'd prefer him over some of the guys directly in front of him, if you could pull that up. Uh, some guys that come to mind would be like maybe Tyler Lockett or I don't know. But I would rather have Brandon Cooks over Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett is way ahead of him. Yeah, and I'd rather have Cooks over Tyler Lockett. No, he's you know, not. Myself. Tyler Lockett is below him. I was wrong. I was wrong. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, Brandon Cooks is wide receiver 42. So we're looking at Chase Claypool is two ahead of him. Allen Robinson, three ahead of him. Mike Williams, four ahead of him. Obviously, all these rookies are pushed up right now. Rookie fever. Below him, we've got George Pickens, 43. Hunter Renfro, 44, Way Gabriel Davis, 45, Sky Moore, 46, Christian Kirk, the $21 million man, 48, Gallup, <laughs> 49, Lockett, 50. Lockett should probably be on our list for a, a trade target. Yeah, um, definitely. Because he's too far down there. So, yeah. Okay. No, I, I think it's a good call. Davis Mills, I don't, I don't know if Mills is the long-term answer, but he's more than comfortable to put Cooks in a good spot. And uh, I think it's a good call. I like the pick a lot. Yeah, I don't remember him being injured ever, really. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely don't remember that. But forty-two, wow, yeah, okay. Who who did I have up next here? Anthony. Who do we got? All right. So my pick. Now this is you guys. You guys criticized my last two for maybe being too valuable. This is not going to be the case for this. I, I picked of the Carolina we'll Panthers. Yeah, please do. I'm curious myself. I, I picked of the Carolina Panthers, Terrace Marshall Jr. He's coming into his second season. 
His rookie season, he only had 17 catches for 138 yards. He's buried behind DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, bad quarterback play. But in Dynasty, sometimes you just have to know that, you know what, this guy is talented. There's an immense amount of upside. And he was probably like a second-round value last year. He's way lower than that now after his terrible first season. But even though his value's suppressed, he's still just as big as he was when he was drafted. He ran a 4-4-5, 40-yard uh, dash at the combine. I just think he is incredibly cheap and has a huge amount of upside that he's not going to be too expensive right now. This is the time to get someone like that and stash him if you can. I don't care about the 40 time. I just want to point that out. But I I don't like Terrence Marshall Jr., but if I can get him oh, for a oh, third oh, round oh, pick. Whoa, whoa. I know why you don't like Terrence Marshall Jr. He doesn't play in the NFL. His name is Terrace Marshall Terrace. Jr. Sorry, no I apologize. Um, I apologize, Terrace. <laughs> All right, Terrace. I want you to apologize to Terrace and his father. Right Sorry, now. Terrace. And, and Terrence, if there's a Terrence out there. Terrence, Terrence Sr. As I was saying, yeah, I just don't care about the 40 time. But I, if I can get him for a third round pick, I would do that. Like you just kind of mentioned. Yeah. So yeah. the value, if it's that cheap, I would 100% take a stab at him. But he was on the field a lot last year, even though he is buried on that depth chart. When I alluded to it before the thing, uh, before the stream today, Matt Brown kind of was keeping tabs on this guy. And he was talking about how he lacked production compared to a lot of the other rookies for the amount of time he was on the field. So like for only having 17 catches for the amount of time he was on the field, it was like he said it was just it was really bad. So that's the only thing I, I worry about. But again, quarterback play, it is dynasty. So I, he's not going to be with the same quarterback that they, they have right now. Panthers have got to make a move there. So yeah, for the price of a third round pick, that's probably all I'm willing to pay for, uh, for that guy so far. I, I don't think you're going to have to pay that much. Um, no. To be completely honest, I think this is a guy that many have probably... They'll, they'll throw in on any deal if they need to free up a roster spot. He's that guy that you can pick on their roster. And I there's no reason to not take shots on highly touted rookies like that after one year. That situation in Carolina was horrendous. You've got DJ Moore ahead of you. You've got Robbie Anderson. Despite Robbie Anderson's poor play last year, he was targeted a lot. I just, I'm not going to... While Terrace Marshall may not have the upside that I thought he had coming into last season, while I still, while I probably don't believe that, there's still a potential for him to be a wide receiver three on your fantasy team or or a flex on your fantasy team. I don't think that opportunity is gone, and I think fourth and fifth round picks, throw-ins, and trades could get you Terrace Marshall right now. So I don't, I don't see, I don't see the issue with trying to acquire him at all. It's just, it's almost a free player and you're taking a chance after one year and I'll take a chance on rookies after one year that were highly touted. And especially when they're in bad situations, like he was in, in Carolina, it's just that offense was horrendous. Agreed. And that doesn't mean that he could have been better, but then again, if we were thinking wide receiver two upside, even if he's wide receiver back end, wide receiver three, wide receiver four flex upside, that's still valuable for the price you're going to pay. So Certainly to get him right now. So I'm with you, Anthony or Bryce. I mean, all right. Yeah. With the last wide receiver, I put Allen Robinson. Obviously he just moved to the Rams this off season. I think you can get him cheaper than he's worth. So I think he Odell Beckham Jr. Left Cleveland, went to the Rams and was fairly 
like successful right away. Might not have got a lot of volume, but it seems like he found the end zone quite a bit and he was getting going. And on this, he was on track to be Super Bowl MVP until he got hurt. Obviously, it's pretty early, a lot of game left to play. But I think Allen Robinson may be just as good, if not better, than OBJ. It wouldn't surprise me to see him absolutely exceed expectations this year. I feel like a lot of people are fairly low on him after this past season, but this guy has never even had a quarterback his entire career. Like obviously Justin Fields just got there. He did, he's not going to have time to work with him yet. And our, that might be the best quarterback he's gotten to play with. And it was his rookie year and didn't play very much. So I think he immediately goes to the Rams. Cooper cup's going to see all the attention and Allen Robinson's going to get one-on-ones with the team's second best corner more than likely. And he's going to eat them alive. So I think Allen Robinson easily has top 12 wide receiver value this year. And you don't have to pay very much for him. I'm not seeing him traded a lot so far. And I, I would really like to see some deals that he's been put in and see what his price is. But I'd easily, I'd probably be willing to pay a late first for him. Easily an early second. Rick, what are your thoughts? Go to Anthony. I am going to look up some, some trades. Good, Lanny. See if I can find some. Yeah. I don't think I'd pay a late first for him. I think I'm more in the second round range. But I do think he's a good player. I do think he's someone, if, if you are if you need a wide receiver, I think there are enough good wide receivers in this rookie class draft where you could draft one in this sort of draft that I'd rather have ahead of him in that sense. But I do think he's a, a good player. I do think he's going to have a, a great season. All your points are valid. And so I think if you can acquire him, he's a guy to get. I wouldn't pay a, a first-round pick for, but maybe some players on, on my roster that another team likes that I don't like as much. But, yeah, no, I, I agree with what you're saying. I, I would not personally pay a first-round pick for I, I say a late first because more than likely, if, if it's that owner's original first, they're probably already equipped to be a contender again. Uh, sure. More than likely. So yeah. I think he will have a better year this upcoming year than – probably any of the rookies that are in that spot. So if you're trading that first, yeah, maybe in the long run, it might not be worth it, but if it wins you a year, maybe another, then it's easily by far worth it. That's the only reason. That's that fair. I That's fair. And, and I guess it depends on the situation, team Correct. makeup That's and fair. whatnot. But yeah, I agree with, with basically everything you're saying. I, I think that's a good point. Rick, are you ready? Yeah. Allen Robinson traded straight up for Dallas Goddard. And this is one, one point PPR. Straight up, no tight end premium or anything like that. Wow. We have Rex Burkhead, Mike Gusecki, 310 and 312 for Allen Robinson, 207 and 307. We have Derrick Henry, Allen Lazard, Allen Robinson, Albert O, and a 2023 fourth round pick for DJ Shark, the 104, the 112, and 2023 second round pick. We have Jamal Williams, Allen Robinson, 311. For Corderell Patterson, OJ Howard, Dawson Knox in the 210. Yeah, that's a good trade for Aaron. He looks there. like he's undervalued, like yeah. in a lot of the straight, especially the smaller yeah. ones. It's, it's hard to dissect the bigger ones that fast, that, but we're not going to go down through all of them. But yeah, all I can say is wow. that anybody that knows me knows that I'm a, a huge A Rob fan. I think last year was an, an anomaly. Matt Nagy, I, I for the next eight years, I'm probably going to bring up Matt Nagy at least eight times <laughs> yeah. every podcast and talk about how bad he was for this Bears oh, offense. Seems like a good guy, but just not a good coach. A-Rob is one of the best wide receivers in the league. He really is. He, like was mentioned, his best quarterback going into this year that he's played with is probably Andy Dalton. That's not saying Andy Dalton's good. 
guys. We're not saying that. We're Hell saying yeah. that's the best quarterback that he's probably played with. I think like Justin Bortles, Fields at this point. Nick Foles, ju- rookie Justin Fields in a bad naggy offense. It's just A Rob is one of the best contested catch wide receivers in the league. He doesn't win with speed about the age bit. He gets separation in other ways. And Stafford, I think we mentioned this two weeks ago on the stream. Stafford will throw the ball when you're contested. He doesn't care if you're covered. He will throw you the ball if you can catch the ball. And Allen Robinson can do that. He doesn't have to get a ton of separation to win at the point of catch. So at these prices, I'm A-Rob all day baby he's a league winner at those prices i think with matt stafford as his quarterback at least five times better than any quarterback that he's played with to this point would you Um, trade a late first for him i think it does depend on the roster and the positioning of the league but if he if that's what it's going to cost for me to get that player that could put me over the top for the championship then i will overpay in those situations because i care more about winning the championship than i do that draft pick. Yeah, I think there's situations where I would, there's situations where I wouldn't. It's just going to depend on that yeah. team and the league situation. Yeah, I, I can't argue anything about a Rob being a. Do you have the yeah. you have the ADP up for Allen Robinson on here? Yeah, he was uh, actually right there with. Where was that at? What number did I say the last guy we looked? Oh, there we go. Forty two ish. Allen Robinson. Where was? What the heck? I'm curious where he compares to Adam Thielen. I think at this stage in their careers, they're very similar, except that Allen Robinson, I think, is a few years younger, even. The same year, same age as Cooper Cup. Yeah. They're the same age, Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson. But Adam so, Thielen. He'll be 30 this year, or 29 this year, Allen Robinson will. And Adam Thielen is older, but I, I think people probably value them similarly, which is interesting. It, there's hmm. a decent difference, about two round difference. Allen Robinson is wide receiver 39. He is okay. sandwiched between Mike Williams and Chase Claypool. I'll take him. Darnell Mooney is two spots ahead, which that's just an age thing, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Not so obviously because Mooney had a better year on the same team and everything last year, but, but yeah, so wide receiver 39 and Adam Thielen is wide receiver 53. Literally close then though. Literally, literally two rounds separate them. Allen Robinson comes in at pick 82.33 Yeah. and Adam Thielen comes in at 106.17. So literally 24 picks apart, two rounds separate the, them two. Yeah, um, and they're years apart in age. Are literally twenty eight point six to thirty one point six. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So three year difference uh, yeah. in age. Allen Robinson definitely belongs higher in the ADP. So uh, I'm on board. Agreed. Okay, that is the last wide receiver. Now we have Anthony picking a terrible running back as the first one off, off <laughs> oh. our board. We can get him out of the way. Wow. All right. My pick for running back is Josh Jacobs of the Las Vegas Raiders. Did you know the past two seasons, last year, Josh Jacobs was RB12. It's a RB1. The year before that, 2020, RB8, top 10 fantasy running back. The thing that I like most about Josh Jacobs is that every season he's been in the league, he's increased receptions. His first season, I think he only had 20 receptions. This past season, he over he over got 54. So he it's more than doubled his rookie season. This past season, he had nine rushing touchdowns, no receiving touchdowns. But I expect this in this upcoming season, Josh Jacobs, the Raiders are going to be on an improved offense. I, I, I really do believe he has top five upside 
given that the offense is going to be a lot better. And keep in mind, keep in mind, he's only 24 years old. There are literally running backs getting drafted next week that are just as old as Josh Jacobs. And he's going to be going into his fourth season at 24 years old. Bryce. <laughs> Sorry, Rick is, <laughs> Rick is making the best faces. Um, I don't no, hate. You go ahead. Go ahead, Rick. You go ahead. No, it's just, the top five thing is not happening. I'll just <laughs> throw that out there. I think there Josh have to be injuries, Jacobs, a lot of injuries for that to happen. Josh, Whoa, he was already running back eight the season before last. He was RB12 yeah, last year. Yeah, I, I don't care. I, I will put money well, right he, now. He went down. On, he, he will not be top five. Four spots. He that's, hit down. That's, that's so he should thing. get. They should be sixteen this year. Listen, I don't hate Josh Jacobs, but I think owner like. Again, this is. I feel like this is price where he is getting more receptions. Obviously, his rookie year, he hardly had any. And I remember that in the off season after his rookie year, he did say he wanted to be more involved in the pass game, and he put some asterisk astronomical number that he was going to get and didn't even come close to it, but he did get more. But again, now this team has way more weapons. Like they got Waller, Renfro, Adams. I don't think Josh Jake, I think Josh Jacobs is receiving numbers are probably peaked at this point. He's going to be like Damian Harris to me where he's going to be touchdown dependent more, more often than not. Uh, so I just don't know about the price. Again, I feel like the people that have Josh Jacobs are sticking sticking to their guns with the numbers you just gave. And they're like, yeah, he's this guy's a top. This is a guy's an RB1. You're going to have to pay RB1 numbers for him. And I'm just not willing to do that. There's just so many other guys. I'm sure the ADP, there's several guys below him that I think have higher PPR value and things like that. And Josh Jacobs ending up as 12 and 8 are also something that he can credit to him staying healthy. And that is, that's important. Him staying healthy is important. And my guy has kind of has that same thing where he stays relatively healthy, but he's not like he's finishing higher just because he's on the field more, whether I think there's guys below him that have more talent. And if they do stay healthy, they're going to be more valuable. And I think that you can even get them a little bit cheaper in my opinion, Rick. Yeah. Listen, I do think that he is a value at where he's being you know, drafted and acquired or at least going to hit that value where he's at. He's like RB 18 and ADP. That's and, fair. and I think that is a pretty fair price for him. We're talking about a running back that doesn't have any juice, right? Doesn't catch a lot of passes that does not equate to the upside that you were talking about. This dude had a 20 yard run on less than 1% of his runs. That's like, right with Sony Michelle and Ramondre Stevenson area as like the 49th running back out of all running backs that had 80 plus carries. So you're not going to get the burst plays out of him, which means that they have to get inside the 10 and give him the ball instead of throwing Devonte Adams, who they're paying uh, 150 million a year to. Obviously that wasn't serious, even though I look <laughs> serious, but they just paid that man a lot of money to catch touchdown passes. So the touchdown equity Adams and Waller is going to eat up a lot of that, I think. And you got to get 15 touchdowns to get that high end top five that you were talking about. That's why I made the face with top five. Top five is a stretch <laughs> back end running back one high end running back two. I do think is fair. But I, don't I, I just don't, I don't, I, I can't agree with that because that's what he did the last two years. So you're saying he can't do any better than what he has already done. 
on a more improved offense. I just, I don't understand the logic. Okay, you're there. talking about in an offense that did not have Devonte Adam or wide receivers that caught touchdowns Waller two years ago, we were rowing. How, how is Waller not getting any touchdowns? He had all those catches and what was Waller's touchdown total in 2020? He started the year pretty strong. No, um, I, I guess. Wait, I 2020 guess was the first year was 2019 and 2019 and 2021 Waller had a combined five touchdowns. He had nine okay. in 2020. Okay. There's going to be more. He's going to, Waller's going to be, if he's healthy, is going to be in that 10 touchdown range. And then Devonte Adams is going to be what? 15, 16 touchdowns. Not necessarily. I don't, I don't, you don't know. Think Derek Carr is going to go back to his college roomie and throw him a bunch of touchdown passes I, I th when the Raiders I don't think you can project. I don't think you can project Devonte Adams at 16 touchdowns. No, I'd like to know what the Vegas line on that is. I also think that Gruden was a big part of Jacob's success as well. He's gone now, but he has always been a run first kind of coach. And I don't think the guy taking over made maybe sticking to that same gun, those same guns. So I understand what you're saying, Looney. Like Listen, we, we think that offense got better, but he's not going to do as well. And I think that's true because the other weapons are going to eat into his production is what we're trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm saying given sixth in the league in passing total passing attempts already without Devonte Adams with Brian Edwards <laughs> who I and, loved but Devonte Adams is quite a bit better than Brian Edwards there'll be way more scoring opportunities for Josh Jacobs it's going to be He's a better offense He's there'll, there'll be more there'll be and there'll be more lanes to run through the the field's going to be spread wide open it's going to be a great offense to watch you guys you want to put your money on it <laughs> Hey, listen, you top five seems like a stretch. I think top 15 is, is good. That, I'll, that's a I'll good. put about every dollar I have on <laughs> Josh Jacobs not finishing top five. Give me some odds and we'll talk. Wait, you want odds? You're the one that came up with the line. <laughs> I said he has top five upside. He finished yeah, running well, back eight two years ago, running back 12 last year. If I said I have top five upside, is that crazy? No, but why don't you no? why don't you list <laughs> why don't you why don't you list the other running backs around him and tell me who do you think would have a better season out, out of him or the other guys that are being drafted near him? Fair, yeah. So who's above? Who's the first two above him? First two above him are Kenneth Walker and Travis Etienne. Okay, I I think J.K. Dobbins right, right. right ahead of him. Alvin Kamara right ahead of him. Cam who's Akers. behind? Who's behind Jacobs? We've got Aaron Jones, Leonard Fournette, right David him. Montgomery, Elijah Mitchell, Ezekiel Elliott, James Conner, AJ Dillon. Okay, so right right here is James Conner could finish easily finish ahead of him. Zeke probably in the same range. Elijah Mitchell, if healthy, could easily finish ahead of him. David Montgomery could finish ahead of him. Of course, you guys could finish ahead of him. That's not the point. The, the point is Jacobs has been really good the past two seasons, and okay. he's not being valued fairly. Let's, let's do this. He's not finishing ahead of Jonathan Taylor, Najee Harris, Javante Williams, DeAndre Swift, Christian McCaffrey, we're assuming health, Austin Eckler, Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, or Alvin Kamara. He very well could finish above any of those guys you listed. If they're injured. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If 80% if, if of those guys get injured, Josh Jacobs has... 
But that's not the yeah. point. The point is he's only 24, and he, he's painfully undervalued. What do you mean only 24? He's a running back. I, I'm aware. But he's Three younger years. than all the guys you just listed off. He's He is. He's younger than everyone you just listed off. Every well, single Jay one. And Javante. Every one of those guys can get there in multiple ways, and Josh Jacobs doesn't, is my point. He's touchdown dependent. This is what it is. The only one that doesn't get there multiple ways is there. He didn't have double-digit touchdowns last year, and he was still an RB12. So I don't think he's touchdown Yeah, dependent. but you can't just say RB12. That is a very vague statement with depending Henry Hurt, Kamara missing time, McCaffrey missing time. We talked about Chubb missed time. Dobbins was yeah. out the whole year. Of course. Um, Cam Akers was out the whole year. So he's um, he's top twelve. He's top. He's number twelve because of that. He's not gonna. He's probably realistically. And then you've got if you believe in Brees Hall or Kenneth Walker, you got those guys coming in. Travis Etienne coming back. I'll, I would put money on him not being a. Oh, and Waller missed half the season last year too. Literally left Josh Jacobs and Hunter Renfro as the only offensive players on the entire team uh, at running back. He was. Fighting with Peyton Barber and Kenyon Drake was hurt. But anyways, <laughs> we spent as much time on Josh Jacobs as the rest of our <laughs> trade targets so far. I do think he's a value. I'm arguing the top five upside. It, that does not exist. I understand. Um, I understand. Bryce, you said Zeke. <laughs> yeah, I did. I put. Yeah, I have Zeke. I think last year he played injured a lot of the year for most of the year. He ended as running back six. Again, we just discussed he wouldn't have been running back six if all those guys we just mentioned were healthy. He's probably around like running back 12, 13. I'm actually looking at it right here. He averaged running back 15 numbers. Guys above him like Aaron Jones, Cordero Patterson, Nick. All the guys above him are great. Like I prefer them above him. I think he's he's valued right around where he should be. And I think you're going to find people that are like, okay, it's Pollard's time to take over. And I just don't see it. Like Zeke is an all around back. Like he can catch fairly well. He is an in between the tackles runner. They're probably going to give it to him when they're near the end zone. And he is probably the, one of the best blocking backs, if not the best blocking back in the NFL, which means he's going to be on the field more. So I think that you can capitalize on the value of him having a quote unquote disappointing year to people. Like every, I feel like all year people were saying Zeke's washed. Pollard's going to take over. I don't think Pollard's equipped to be able to take over a workload like Zeke is. And he's going to come into this year healthy and ideally stay that way. I think he has a somewhat of a bounce back year. I'd like to see him. I, I project that he sees over a thousand yards rushing and, and close to double digit touchdowns. So I think for value, Zeke could be a potentially a, a league winner for you. Running backs in this draft, in my opinion, are really thin. I'd rather have him over probably all the running backs that are in this draft according to value rick what are your thoughts uh, i think the upside with zeke is gone i think what you get here is stability zeke for the last few years has been a guy that just gets a lot of runs in between one and in five six yards doesn't have a lot of burst he's another guy that's barely over one percent with 20 yard runs he can he does catch the ball more than the last guy that we talked to but uh the saving grace is I don't think Pollard's an every down back in the NFL either. So Zeke's going to get his, he does block. Th this has been Zeke's thing over the past few years. He's not necessarily the most efficient prior to this year. He didn't lose yards very often. He was very efficient there. And then he just a lot of runs in between one and five yards and steady getting the workload. The problem is when that workload drops and Pollard is going to eat into that like he has, then 
you just lose that upside. So I don't necessarily, I think he's a back end running back one high end running back two at peak and could find his way to the lower RB mid to lower RB twos. If he doesn't get the amount of volume that we're used to him getting in it at 27, almost 28 up, that's probably coming here soon. That, that workload drop. It's, it's a scary one, but he is running back 24 in ADP. There is some upside on that price. If he does get back end running back one high running back two. Anthony. Yeah, I can't agree there. He's too old. He's too, he's too, he's too, he's too of a has-been. You know, Rick hit the nail on the head. He, he, he's kind of like Frank Gore. Why pay, why pay ADP of 24 of running back for Frank Gore when, you know, he should be down in the low 30s? Uh, Let me ask so you no, a question uh, in that regard. Would you pay running back 25 prices for James Conner? I, I don't know. I, I, I have a hard time. I have What's a hard time for running back. 26, 27. I, I mean, Kamara, Dalvin Cook, those guys are too old. I wouldn't be. I No, I would not be trading for them. Those are hmm. not guys that I would be trading for heading into this season. No way. Why not? I mean, what, it, what is wrong? It depends, with... if you're, it depends on your situation. Last in, in a league last year, I traded for Alvin Kamara <laughs> because I was trying to win the championship. In hindsight, I shouldn't have done it. And well, process over results always. I understand that. Because I understand you're looking that. at the results, it's easy to look in hindsight, and, my, and hindsight's always 2020. But in my um, process right now, before the season starts, looking at a running back who's 27 years old, it's not someone I want to trade for. Because in order to get Zeke, you're going to have to pay about the same you'd have to pay for Josh Jacobs, who's three years younger, Joe Mixon. Who's two years younger? I think Joe Mixon be a lot, is going to be more in Zeke, but I don't think it would be. I don't no, think it would. Joe Mixon's RB nine, like that's okay. a huge game. But Josh, but Josh Jacobson, for example, how much of a difference would you have to pay to let get me, someone like Josh Jacobs as opposed to? Let uh, me ask you this: Zeke. in regards to players, what is more important, talent, opportunity, or age? Because Zeke's a much more talented running back than Josh Jacobs, I think. And they compare very, when it comes to bursts, they compare very admirably to each other. Admirably, I don't know why I use that word, but they compare very uh, a week ago to each other. But hold on, but Zeke catches the ball a lot more, right? Not a lot more. He didn't have that many catches this past. If we're looking at one year as a trend, that changes everything. But how many did how many did Josh historically? I would. I don't know. I know Josh Jacobs had fifty four last season. I would imagine Zeke hit that or was close to that. I don't think he, he had more than 50. He had 60, but he had 95 targets. Okay. Second Zeke, he's had last year. Yeah, 60 catches, 95 targets. I have 47 catches of that what I'm looking at. Oh, never mind. I'm looking at it. I'm looking at 2022's projection. Yeah, you're right. 47. Projected 60 this year, which is stupid, but 81 was his most he had in a year. Yeah, so I'm just saying if you're looking at But what's your year, question? Because here, one of our one of our listeners asked me a question. Now this is a different position, but I'll go quick. He said, Would you rather have DeAndre Hopkins or Brandon Ayuk? Okay. And I told him Brandon Ayuk because he is way younger. And even though DeAndre Hopkins is likely going to have a better season 
Who's more likely to tear their ACL this season? DeAndre Hopkins or Brandon Ayuk? I don't think that's not I give it a 50-50 split. But and and so weigh that 50-50% chance either one tears their ACL. Who's going to be more valuable 2 years from now once they're healthy? What's more valuable than a championship this year? You I, I look, the way I play dynasty Cuz you're only getting you're only getting Hopkins if you're competing this year, right? So yeah, you're, you're not targeting him. You're, you're not are. targeting him if you're losing. But what's the difference between Brandon Ayuk and DeAndre Hopkins? Maybe uh, winning, winning a championship. Winning. Not necessarily. No, I disagree with that. Ayuk, I 100 disagree Ayuk with that. Ayuk isn't going to win it. I don't think Ayuk's. Yeah, gonna one of those guys could New take Hopkins. you to the. And next DeAndre level Hopkins level. isn't that much better to guarantee a championship either. That's my point. I, I think he's way better to to do that. Anyways, we're getting way off the rails here. My point is that age doesn't mean as much as people make it out. Just because somebody's four years younger doesn't mean that they're going to help you win a championship any more than a guy that is 30. Unless you're preparing and thinking six, seven years out in your dynasty leagues, it's just, it's overvalued drastically in dynasty. You're trying to win this year, next year. You're And if you're worried about more than three years out, then you're, you, you don't even know if the league's going to last that long. Anyways, where are we? Where are we at here? Can we finish on Zeke? No, you have yours. You didn't have no, no, but down. I mean, did we finish Zeke? I guess. I guess. <laughs> I, I, guess. <laughs> I do think he's a value at running back twenty-four. I think he has a better year than he had the last two. That's the only reason I put him on um, there. I think you only target him if you're a contender or or want to be one. Obviously, you're not rebuilding and targeting Zeke. That's just that's counterproductive. Sure. I mean, the only reason I put some of these veteran guys on there is if you're in a, I think you got to be like seven through 12 if you're in a 12 man, because sometimes it's pretty cool. Unless you're like barely, unless there's a huge gap, of course, but yeah. Playoff team. Yeah. That, and that's the other thing with all those age arguments is that people aren't going after these old players that they're acquiring when they're not competing. Most people aren't right? right. If you're going after them and you look like a bottom third team, then that's bad. That's very bad for that team. But if you're in the top half, with a chance to win, those guys are better for your team than a guy that is five years younger and may put up half the numbers. That's my point. Okay, <laughs> so we've talked about this guy a couple times, and and I really wanted to go different than I've talked about on some other shows, but we didn't really talk about him as a trade target. We just talked about him as a guy that could get some work, more work than he did. So I... Khalil Herbert, to me, is still extremely undervalued. Looking at his ADP, he is running back 50 in Dynasty. Maybe he's too old. He's 23.9 years old. <laughs> Anyways, we know that last year he stepped in and was he started weeks five through eight for Chicago. Those teams that he played against were Las Vegas, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, and San Francisco. All of them were top half run defenses. Las Vegas was 16th, Green Bay 10th, San Francisco 6th, and Tampa Bay 3rd. We saw him break the streak of non-100-yard rushing games against Tampa Bay. In those four weeks, he had 78 carries, 10 targets for 88 opportunities. From weeks 9 through 18, for some reason, this is Matt Nagy for you, he totaled 21 carries, 6 targets for 27 opportunities after that production. We're not going to see that this year, right? We've got the offensive coordinator coming over, the new off offensive coordinators from Green Bay. What did we see in Green Bay? Virtually a split between a very productive Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams two years ago. And then this past year, 
with A.J. Dillon. A.J. Dillon had 187 rushing attempts last year for the Packers. I think, I don't know that Khalil Herbert's going to get 10 per week. It'll probably be pretty close, though. He was also one of two running backs in the entire league that finished with as best in negative runs at 5.83%. He was ninth in the league for running backs with 80-plus carries. And then he was seventh in the league with 20-plus yard runs at 3.88% of his carries. The only other person in the top 10 on both of those carries was Tony Pollard that we talked about. He was first to negative runs at 3.08% and 10th in 20-plus yard runs at 3.08%. So he had the same amount of negative runs as he did 20-plus yard runs. But Khalil Herbert is going to eat into David Montgomery's stock this year. He's going to get more work. He's going to be a potential flex play in this offense, I think. And then looking at 2023... He's a guy that could be the Bears starter at running back. And I would rather get him a year earlier now at running back 50 in Dynasty than him be in that running back 25 range a year from now when people are projecting him as the starting running back for the Chicago Bears before the draft. So that's why Cleo Herbert, I think he's going to have standalone value for you this year and could potentially be a running back two high end mid in 2023 he did finish six through eight he was running back 12 he had two top 12 appearances in those four games that he played like i said four top 16 defenses against the run that he faced in his four starts and that's where the majority of his work came from and he was still more consistent and um, productive on a per touch basis than david montgomery was last year in chicago cleo herbert is i just think a guy that everybody should grab and stash there and watch him reap reap benefits for you down the road bryce yeah it's hard to follow that with much of an opinion you gave all the statistics but this is a guy you want to target if you're not competing this year and you want to compete maybe next year or the year after that because like you said his price right now is so cheap before he becomes a starter he's been so productive right now that when david montgomery's contract ends there's a decent chance that they just let him walk and they Use Khalil Herbert, that, who's on his rookie deal for a year. And then if they don't have anyone, they could extend him or something like that. So he has the potential to have a lot more value in the future. So I agree with everything you just said. If you're rebuilding and you, you need running back, maybe this is a guy that you can target that might that value is going to return and some here in a couple of years. Leonie? Yeah, I think it's a good pick. I, th- I think it's possible what rick forecasted happens there is a concern though that the bears do draft a running back there there are some running backs no. that okay. I, I am a... <laughs> okay bears aren't drafting a running back i can almost put money on that one too too many okay. holes probably, too many right? way too many holes they're not yeah. running backs not where they're they could be a late running back like maybe i mean yeah like six, maybe a seventh i don't round. think they may draft a running back knowing that david montgomery is his no. contract is ending okay <laughs> you guys can disagree they already have their quarterback so we're missing picks you, you gotta remember that we're missing a lot of picks i understand that um i'm just saying who do, you, it, who do you think they where, where do you think they could potentially draft a running back i'm just curious oh i yeah, have to look at their exact we picks, have i, I didn't know them. i didn't know if they well, had, I'm, like, gonna you, I'm gonna tell you i'm gonna tell you we have 39 and 48 in the second round we have a third rounder we don't have a fourth rounder and then we have some late fifths and six like yeah, so some they're fifth... not take okay yeah so but that's yeah potential. we don't care about okay. the fifth and sixth i'm more worried about darrington evans that they just brought uh, in than i am in a, a fifth or sixth round pick this year 
Okay. Well, when was when was Khalil Herbert drafted? He was a fifth round draft pick last year. Uh, okay. So <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like last year's draft was a lot better at running back. Running backs got pushed back. This year they're not. Is that not true? Is what? that not true? Yeah. Is the quality of the fifth round in 2022 the same as the quality of the fifth round in 2021? All I'm saying. Is it? Answer me. Is it? I think we could honestly better research and debate the fifth round running backs after this draft happens to get a real answer on that. (laughs) I don't think it's possible to argue that the fifth round draft last year is better than the fifth round draft that hasn't happened yet. So I'm not willing to go there. I'm talking about if when you look at a, an entire draft class and we look at the entire 2021 draft class, do you not think that that draft class from the skill positions are from running back and, and quarterback and wide receivers debatable? There's wide I receivers I like in this draft, but is it not, is this class not worse than last year's class? I I, from, I would argue you are I would argue that rates these rookies. Tell me the truth. I would argue that the running back class is very similar to last year. I would argue that. I highly disagree. Who were the top five running backs? Up there was yeah. Trey Sermon. So that was fantasy wise people. Okay, well, well, I thought first. this is a fantasy show. I could be wrong. But we're talking about the NFL draft. That so, has, so they don't. Who do were they, the top five running backs last year? Anthony, do the do, does the NFL look at your fantasy roster and and say who I should take that guy in the fourth round? No, we're talking about the NFL draft. Who were the top five fantasy running backs last year? Who were they? Etienne. Or, oh, fantasy, Najee. It's top five. Top, let's get some rookie rankings, right? Top five. Ramondre probably in there. Elijah Mitchell. Are you talking about Najee. how they finished? No, just at draft time. Who were, who, oh, who draft. was believed to be? Who was believed to be the top five? Najee, Williams, Etienne, Javante. Those three are all bigger, are better than the top three in this class. Yeah, I said Javante. Okay, good. Michael Carter. Okay, Michael Carter. Uh, Gainwell. Okay, so that's my point. My point is, and and then if you go through the rookies in this class, right? Kenneth Walker, Isaiah Spiller, Brees Hall. A lot of these guys, yeah, are they as good as Javante Williams? No, but you're talking about the top three guys. Okay. But once you get past the top three guys, the running backs are all pretty similar to last year. So to say that the running backs in last year's fifth round are light years ahead of the running backs in this draft that hasn't happened yet, I, I just I don't understand how you can make that argument because it it just doesn't jive. There's more talent at the front end that pushes three, back. It's the same as three guys. Three guys is going to make you say that the. The whole running back class is a lot better than this year. It, it, it's not, it just doesn't work that way. Khalil yeah. Herbert. Okay. Running back might not go till the, the late second, early third in this class. That pushes everything. <coughs> was ET drafted in the first? Way. No, Either way. The Bears aren't yeah. taking running back. They have way too many holes. And I they're they're not taking a running back that's gonna compete with maybe Herbert the year after Montgomery. But you can go on. Uh, finish okay as we discussed on a on a former show i think khalil herbert is someone to get i do see the path to upside 
I do think what you drawn out could very well happen. I think he's a good value right now. But I do not think it's a surefire thing. And if you go out into your to, to your league mates and, and try to get Khalil Herbert and they want you to overpay for him, I would not do that because I think there is a lot of potential pitfalls to what you laid out that you skipped and jumped over. That, that's all are, I'm saying. How much are you paying for the running back 50? Whatever that cost is, if you lose it, it doesn't kill your team. I Look, I, I don't know what you can get for him. If you can get him for fair, fair value, then yes, I agree 100%. What we're, not gonna, we're not going to We're not going to debate that. W- would you trade a mid-second round pick? Easily. I'm okay. trading it for Khalil Herbert. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. It depends, who, it depends who's there for me. Yeah, so I would. Will Herbert's already shown us in the NFL what he can do. Those second round running backs that you're drafting this year, nobody knows has any idea what they oh, can do in the for NFL. running backs. Yeah, if I don't, if I'm okay at running back, there might be some wide receivers I like in the mid second that I could potentially. But running back, yeah, there's none out of the first round that I wouldn't. I would take Clue Herbert out of the ones that are falling out of the first round. If I lose a, a mid second, I'm I don't care. Not especially in this class. Okay. So that's all I'm saying. I, I, I think Herbert's a good pick. I think you have it. You hit the nail on the head. His ADP is criminal. It's way too low. I just, I wanted to just point out it's not all sunshine and rainbows. That's all. Bears aren't <laughs> drafting a running back. <laughs> <laughs> all I, right. I don't think so either. That is the last player. I got to go up here. Next week's going to be a little weird. We don't know exactly what we're doing. I'm going to be in Vegas for the NFL draft. And maybe streaming from there with these guys. If not, at some point, I want to do that while I'm out there. But going to have some fun content that we're creating. I'm going to create while while I'm out there. But we'll have a show. It's it's going to be draft-related, probably. And Anthony and Bryce will at least be here. And then stuff's going to change a little bit after the draft. We're either gonna, This show is going to be moved to either 8 p.m. on Tuesday or Wednesday. We're still working on that, depending on who's going to be joining Bryce on that show. And then Anthony and I at 9.30 on Tuesday nights are going to be starting a best ball with Cody. It looks like a best ball stream. So little little bit of change is coming. The Dynasty Heat Seekers is a proud member of the Roto Heat family of podcasts. Find fantasy content ranging from Dynasty, Redraft, Devi, and more at rotoheat.com.